0: Good to have you back, Bill Michael Show. Yeah, on this sunshiny Monday, we haven't seen the sun since Moses was a baby. I'm loving it. Later on, pants come off, gonna lay out back, catch some rays. <laughs> uh, looking forward to uh, a little bit later on in the program today. We're going to be talking with Mike Clemens, and we'll get his kind of pick his brain a little bit as the Packers to continue to look for a defensive coordinator and such. We'll get into that. Good weekend uh, for the Badgers. Boy, I tell you what, the Badgers on Friday night, they trounced Michigan State. Is that the worst loss that the Wisconsin Badgers have put on Izzo in a
1: while? Grant, do you know off the top of your head? I don't know off the top of my head. I can look that up. It certainly doesn't happen often a lot where not only Wisconsin is able to sweep Izzo and Michigan State, but both of these games, Bill, they've led wire to wire. I mean, at the end, right. neither one of these games turned out to be close. You don't see that often.
0: Yeah, that, uh, that was a beatdown, and kudos to... To Greg Guards crew. And then uh, you got Marquette. They got a win over the weekend as well. The Bucks split. They got uh, beat by Cleveland on Friday night. And uh, you saw the video of, if you haven't seen it already, the viral video that's gone around with Giannis and his, his garbage time, long-ass, you know, free-throw shooting mental garbage that he goes through. He still isn't any good at it. And uh, then uh, you obviously got a win. Uh, on Saturday night, uh, the Bucks were off. Yesterday, back at it tonight, and it's the Doc Rivers uh, debut of the era this evening. But uh, but yeah, they, they, I look. If I'm any kind of a psychologist with Giannis, I say just go do it. Just a couple of bu- a couple of bounces and go. Just get don't quit thinking about it. Quit thinking about it. It it's it's almost embarrassing. It really is. It's almost embarrassing, and. When you're getting beat, quit mean mugging. Like there's some kind of you know we all know you're the most powerful, biggest guy out there, and you can do the Euro step and you can jam a basketball and you know. But but I I know people get up on that, but <laughs> right now this team doesn't look like a championship level team, and I, it's kind of like when you're you know getting a sack and you're down forty two to seven, and you're flexing up and running down the field and throwing daggers and all that kind of stuff, imaginary daggers. It's like, why are you doing it? Just just stop. You just, you know, Jokic has already taken over as what everybody considers to be the best player in the NBA. Uh, you were very short-lived, so to speak. I mean, you're an incredible player, but your game has ascended to a, a ceiling, and it's like holding there. Now, make everybody around you better. Uh, that I would like to see out of, out of Giannis. Um, because he's an unbelievably gifted player, but it's like, come on, man. Include everybody and stop shooting a three. Just start, you know, Maybe Doc Rivers will have enough balls to say, hey, Giannis, anything beyond the arc, don't you go near it anymore. Don't do it. Give it to the guys that can shoot it on a regular. I just think that there's too much uh, ego dysfunction right now with the Bucks. I, I, I If I have to look at things honestly, I think there's an ego dysfunction, to be honest. And that always worries me. Because the one thing that comes with success is ego. And if you remain humble, and you remain striving to work harder. I and Giannis does, don't get me wrong. I'm I'm not overly criticizing Giannis, but there are just times it's like, come on, man, it's almost embarrassing. So just stop. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Yeah, Chuck says he's changed his free throw ritual three to four times in the last few years. It's getting annoying. It's beyond annoying. It's embarrassing. <laughs> it's just like if if you if you need to take that long to to figure out a free throw to visualize it and you know, and then you're Getting penalized for it and teams are now making fun of you. It's like, come on, man. Come on. And then they beat you on top of it. So it's just stop. Uh eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so again. 877-867-1670. Uh Soren Petro, uh covering uh, the the Chiefs down in KC, gonna be joining us coming up here in a little while. We'll talk with him about this Kansas City return to yet another, another Super Bowl. So we'll get into that. I wanted to ask the question before we got into our buddy Brad Spielberger. When you, what game was that bigger for? That AFC Championship game, was it more of a meaningful game for Patrick Mahomes in solidifying what many people seem to think as the ascension of greatness? Or was it yet another major disappointment? In the life of Lamar Jackson. What, what, if you had to, I mean, you can maybe say both. I get it. But if you had to say it. I, I, I think that game was, it, to be honest, that game was needed so much more. By Lamar Jackson to win, to validate what it is they've been doing in Baltimore, in his career and what he needed. than it was to uh, Patrick Mahomes. Because if Patrick, if they would have lost that game, we would have all said, boy, hell of a season. Just to get to that point's been amazing. To win a road playoff game. All the things that everybody said that they may not be able to do. That they've had the comfort of being at home all this time and never having to go on the road to get to a Super Bowl. Okay, they overcame that. But Lamar Jackson, coming off of what everybody believes to be an MVP season and to be this this juggernaut in the, the the engine of the machine that is the Baltimore Ravens, bringing in OBJ specifically to say we now have that, because they didn't even find OBJ until late in the game, to, to say we've now got that veteran, that guy that can take the pressure off of our guys, and we can run the ball, and we can do this. and we, can, I To me, I think it's a more devastating loss to Lamar Jackson than it was a career-widening scope for Patrick Mahomes. Don't get me wrong. To say that the Kansas City Chiefs are here again, their fourth trip to an AFC championship game, and their fourth win in five years, is ridiculous. Is ridiculous. But, uh, and then they are on a a Bill Belichick, you know, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid historic run. I, I get it. But I think, again, much like Dak Prescott gets drilled by the Packers, getting beat at home by Patrick Mahomes without all the weapons he's had in the past, getting contained by a defense that stood up and danced with your offensive line, and your their secondary was able to hang with your guys, I, I think it was more of a devastating loss for Lamar Jackson than it was the, uh, the, the career-widening scope of Patrick Mahomes. That's just my opinion, but agree or disagree. 1670. when you uh, just look at the sheer numbers from yesterday and you look at what both quarterbacks did I mean Lamar Jackson did throw the uh, the touchdown pass uh but that late pick throwing in a triple coverage not great he had 272 yards in the day 20 of 37 Patrick Mahomes Patrick Mahomes at one point I think he was 9 or 10 for 10 or something like that he was 30 of 39 241 yards. He ran for 15. Now, Lamar Jackson yesterday did run for 54 yards, and he got the majority of that in the first half of the ballgame. The majority of that came in the first half of the ballgame because Lamar Jackson yesterday, well, you know, not really. I think he he ran for, I think it was 20, close to 30 yards. So eh, he did pick some uh, up in the second half. Don't get me wrong. But he had already thrown the touchdown in the first half. He was only 5 of 12 for 67 yards. And, and the touchdown. That means in the second half of that ballgame, he didn't do anything but throw the pick. When they needed him the most, he and Patrick Mahomes started to light it up at that point, when they needed him the most, he threw the pick. Zay Flowers, I'll tell you this, Zay Flowers is a hell of a wide receiver, but when you just, you don't have discipline and you stand above a guy, you kick a guy off of you, you spin the ball in his face, and you get penalized for it, what well, was a huge gain and then after the fact becomes maybe a 10, 15-yard gain. That, that, was, that was the beginning of the end of their doom because they just were taking shots at Patrick Mahomes, trying to hit him in the head, trying to take him out, going beyond the gray line. Just almost embarrassing yesterday. Almost embarrassing yesterday. It all started, really, before the game even got going. Did you see where the, uh, the kicker uh, for the, the Ravens was working out in the end zone that the Chiefs were working out in. And I think it was, I don't know if it was Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey, whoever it was, picked up the kicking gear. And he's like, why are you standing here in our end zone as we're working out prior to the game and trying to kick balls where we're working out? And then they picked it up and threw it off to the side. It was almost like they were trying to intimidate the Chiefs early on with their kicker. And you're never going to intimidate anybody with a kicker. Did you see that, Grant? Did you see where? Because I know that video. I think
1: that video went viral yesterday before the game even got going. Yeah, Travis Kelsey picked it up and threw it out of the way. And you can see Justin Tucker's face. He's like, what the heck, dude? Come on. But you're right. stretching in the middle of their drill. Like, what are you? Right. I don't know. It's just also dumb. I And I see this every now
0: and then where kickers, y- you kind of give kickers their space. Because both kickers do it. They go to the opposite ends of the field. But. Where he was, where Tucker was, was it wasn't like he was at the 35 or 40 kicking field goals. He came down into their space, man, and, and as if that was, well, it's my home field. I can do what I want. You don't do that. I've never, ever seen a kicker, other than when they were kicking like PAT length field goals, I've never seen a kicker come down into the opposite end zone where players are working out, throw his gear down, and start to stretch there. I mean, you go off to the side, you go over to the sideline, your sideline, you you go out towards the middle of the field, you don't do that. And that that was kind of like you could tell that was going to be the, the, the at least the perpetuated intimidation, at least what they were trying to do. Via a kicker, man, it's like, come on. You don't do that with a kicker that's embarrassing <laughs> justin tucker come on man you're gonna send some daddy down to try to intimidate send down a big beefy offensive lineman or a big beefy defensive lineman once he gets out on the field send ray you lewis
1: know. send send anybody yeah, right? other than a kicker
0: don't send your kicker down there come on man come on so anyway uh, 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Let's go to Vinny listening to us in lacrosse. Vinny, what's going on, man? How you doing? Good. good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. What are you thinking? Well,
2: I'm, I'm, I wasn't yelling at the TV, but I was, when after, in the second half of that Lions game, when, you know, they kicked the field goal and then Lions marched down there and I'm going, all right, kick the field goal, dude. Don't, don't go for it Match him for points. Just if you match him for points, you'll you'll be fine. And I just didn't under I, I just done I just didn't understand that. Especially mm-hmm. when he came down to you know, and then he did it again. And either one of those I mean I can kind, I can kinda of understand not maybe going for it, going for it on the uh, on the second chance, but the first one just match But well, what was that? Almost half the half that quarter was gone just on those two drives? Yeah. Yeah yep. and then and then you did and then you just got I didn't understand Dan Campbell but as I was telling uh Grant you know this is the coaching watching Andy Reid on the sideline watching uh Shanahan on the sideline and then all those knuckleheads on uh on the Ravens team like you just mentioned that guy getting that unsportsman or taunting mm-hmm. or whatever was yeah. stupid and then someone said one of the one of the Lions Defensive our players was waving bye bye to the forty nine er players, you know, yeah. before even half, and right. and you're just thinking, you you just you, you shake your head on on these guys and some of their decision making. I just and their coaches.
0: Yeah, as a matter of fact, I I think it's one of the there's a video out there. It was uh, Gardner Johnson and i saw that it's it's funny cuz somebody made it into a parody and it might have been on the e I want to say espn nfl instagram or twitter or tiktok page or whatever it was but basically he's waving goodbye to everybody they're they're up they're up three scores and he's waving goodbye and then they they pan and it says 2 hours later and, and then they show the 49ers <laughs> celebrating it's like you you just you can't do that i mean it just it, come on man
2: no no and then and then you know, you know when they go into that at half, they're going to make adjustments. Everybody makes adjustments. So I don't know what, why that didn't occur to Dan Campbell. Make an adjustment. Yeah, that's what right. got you there. But when you're when you're in the middle of a season and you blow one game, that's fine. You know, you can make an adjustment the next game. But when you when you're one and done and you're going chance to go to the Super Bowl, and you can't see the obvious thing is to kick a field goal, because mm-hmm. that's what got you there. Right. I. I I just, I just don't get that. You know, that's my, that was the most frustrating game, yeah. I, and then and Kansas, and Kansas City just outclassed uh, the Ravens.
0: That's a great way to you put know. it. That's exactly what they did. They outclassed them, one hundred percent. Yep. So. Yep. No right. doubt. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it. He drops off. You get on board. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Hit us up. We'd love to have you. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. Uh, let's do this. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break. We'll come back. We've got a whole lot more to get to this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at every plumbing and heating there in La Crosse, Trempeleau, Monroe, Vernon, Jackson County, out there in Alaska. They do a lot of plumbing work, whether it's commercial, residential renovation. If you've got a water heater, you need a new one. They can do it. Water softening system. They can do it. If you want to run, say, uh, the hydro heat under your floor, they do that too. They can put heat and such inside, say, a garage space. Maybe you like to work on your, your stuff. Maybe you're going to build a man cave in the garage. Who knows? They can do all of that. And they're looking for good licensed plumbers as well. 608-783-2803. 608-783-2803. Third generation. Every plumbing and heating out there in Alaska. Call them. 608-783-2803. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.
3: Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone
1: Radio Network.
0: Good to have you back, The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on on this Monday, sunny Monday. You know the best part about today is, as I look out back, all the snow that was on my fire pit is gone. And the snow is melted to the point where I can now see the grass on top of the hill. Backyard still probably has six to eight inches of snow back there, but it's it's going away quickly, and I am loving it. I know some people, I, like I said last week, I know that there's a lot of places around that need snow. But I would not be adverse to all of this melting away. And then we just get really cold. I can handle the cold. The, the slushy black stuff that's hanging around outside now, yeah, don't need that. But get cold enough to so the ski hills and the snow hills and all the trails and stuff can, can do their thing. But, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not, uh, not adverse to all of this right now. <laughs> just looking out back, I'm like, "Wow, there's the grass. Haven't seen that in a while. I'm liking that." Uh, I did notice, and I don't know if anybody else has been the gone through the same situation. Uh, I I took I have not really walked around my house too much as of late because the snow has been so deep. So I just I'm like, eh, whatever. So I went out back yesterday, and I started looking around. I cannot get over the amount of snapped off trees. Uh, I have these huge arborvitae, uh, I want to call them trees, but they're bushes, but that, that are probably 20 feet high, at least 20 feet high. And they create a privacy wall between myself and the neighbor. And I never realized that two of them are gone. They've just snapped off, like fallen into the others. But once spring gets here, I got to cut them because they've completely broken in half, uh, from the weight of the snow. I've got a tree out in front of my house, gone. Tree behind my house, gone, Uh, major branches, and I don't even have a huge property. Like people around me, some of the people that have bigger uh, plots of land, they've got massive trees that have gone down that I never really noticed before. The landscape is going to look vastly different when I start to cut grass coming up in the spring because of all the trees and stuff that have gone down. Oof, big time. And I'm sure other people are dealing with the same thing, but didn't realize it. Didn't realize it uh 8778671670 uh I our buddy Steve said I'm with you I don't think Brock Purdy's a turnover machine however the last couple of weeks he did have five potential INT drops He has some drops Steve I agree with that I agree with that no doubt about it by the way the opening line for the Super Bowl uh you've got uh, Kansas City is favored coming up this week but for the 2025 Super Bowl the 2025 Super Bowl. Where do you think the Green Bay Packers rank in all of this, Grant?
1: Well, yeah, this gets back to the the point we made right before noon. It's like there's not a ton of slam dunk quarterbacks that you can say are way better than Jordan Love in the NFC. Um, how far down the list of odds to make the Super Bowl? Is that what you're asking me? Yeah, yeah. Are they top eight? Yes. They're not top five, are they?
0: They're top six. Okay. They're so, sixth. Okay. yeah. With Cincinnati, 16 to 1. 16 to 1. Kansas City again. Top dog, 49 ers second. Lions third. Baltimore is fifth. Baltimore is actually tied with uh, Buffalo. So technically they're fourth, and that would put Cincinnati and Green Bay sixth, or fifth because they're both 16 to 1. And Baltimore and Buffalo are both 12 to 1. Detroit, 7 to 1. 6 to 1. San Francisco, and 11 to 2 is Kansas City. So, Kansas City is your top dog. So, technically, the Packers are fifth, if you want to get technical. Then you got the Cowboys and the Dolphins, Philadelphia, then the Jets with the return of Aaron Rodgers. And all the way down to the very bottom is the Carolina Panthers, Washington Commanders, Tennessee Titans, New York Giants. Uh, you've got, let's see, here: the Broncos, the Patriots, the Saints, the Giants, uh, and the Titans, and the Commanders, all at 100-1. to 1. Carolina at 150 to
1: one. What's nice about the Packers situation going into next year, and this won't necessarily be true of the Niners or the lions is the Packers didn't win their division this year. So they don't have to play that Mm -hmm. first place schedule and they're not losing coordinators. Well, they lost their DC, but that was on purpose, right? The lions are going to have guys that are poached and now everyone's going to be hunting for them next year. The schedule is going to be harder. The Packers will have a little bit more of a target on their back But they'll have all their coordinators. They still won't be playing a brutal first-place schedule, so they can go into next year with a little advantage relative to those other contenders in the NFC.
0: Yeah. Yep, I agree. It's – it's. boy, you – how many – how many players away are you if you're the Packers? You know the one thing I forgot to ask Brad Spielberger, and I meant to do this and it just dawned on me, I wanted to ask him what the value of backup quarterbacks is going to be this offseason because of all the starting quarterbacks that went down and how many seasons were lost or on the brink because of the loss of a starting quarterback. Um, Because you didn't have really Goff go down for any extended period of time. You didn't have Lamar Jackson go down like he has in the past. No Patrick Mahomes going down. I mean, you look at the quarterbacks that are there, Brock Purdy, they've been pretty much healthy the entire season. And then you look at seasons that were lost because of quarterback play. Who knows what Pittsburgh would have been with Kenny Pickett? Who knows what the Jets would have been with Aaron Rodgers? You know, you start to go through that list. Of who knows what the Bengals would have been with Joe Burrow? You start to go through that list of teams that lost quarterbacks along the way and where they would have been. Who knows what, have, what would have happened to Minnesota had Kirk Cousins not gone down, you know? Um, I wonder what kind of a value there's going to be on the backup quarterback position this year in the NFL. That being said, uh, T-Dub listening to us in Tulsa said, hey, I think it's going to be another Chiefs Super Bowl for sure. The quarterback play in the NFC Conference game uh, was average on both sides. Uh, San Fran has shown an ability to make a comeback, but the Chiefs defense was the difference maker against the Ravens. Good point. Uh, and it will be the same against San Fran. Also remi- a reminder how close Green Bay was to a Super Bowl trip. T-Dub and Tulsa. I know, right? I know because you kept thinking to yourself watching early on watching Detroit especially in the first half you're like wow they really deserve to to be there they it they get up another score and i think this one's over you know and then San Francisco came back and got the field goal and then Detroit goes for it on fourth down doesn't get it turns the ball back over they go down and they score and all of a sudden then after that is the fumble and you're like whoa You talk about a matter of about three to five minutes worth of change where it went from up three scores to a tie ball game, and you could just, like I said, you could just feel it. And then you think, how good could the Packers have been had Darnell Savage created the interception? How good would it have been if Keyshawn Nixon picks off that pass? How good would it have been If just one or two more plays are made, Christian McCaffrey is tackled, and they settled for a field goal instead of watching him run into the end zone almost unfettered. You know, how big of a difference would that have been? So uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break, come back. We're going to get the Kansas City side of things because you've got uh, Andy Reid just wrapping up his presser. And uh, we'll get to the lowdown as to what's going on in Kansas City and all that kind of stuff. So stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show on this sunny Monday edition. We'll be back. Ready? This is the Bill Michael
3: Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Good to have you back, Bill Michaels Show. On a sunny Monday, we now have the uh, Super Bowl contestants picked or, or have earned their way uh, into this contest, and uh, good stuff. So uh, we go back down to KC. Soren Petro joining us uh, on the hotline. Been with us uh, prior just to give us the lowdown regarding Kansas City, but now they're heading to a Super Bowl. Soren, how you doing?
3: I'm doing well. How are you guys?
0: We're doing great. So uh, let me ask you this right off the bat. How big of a win was it yesterday for the legacy that is Patrick Mahomes? Coming into this game, not with the same level of talent that we've seen in the past, a lot of problems down the stretch, and then he put it all together to not only win on the road, but to win twice on the road and an AFC championship game against what everybody believed to be the cream of the crop.
3: Yeah, I think you hit upon it there. Excuse me, I'm all choked up about it. Um, (laughs) Listen, I I think it was... His most difficult win, I know, on one of the shows I was asked, is this the toughest opponent that they've had? And I think on paper it was, uh, for sure. I mean, analytically, the Baltimore Ravens were everybody's darling. Uh, Defensively, they were historically good at all three levels. And so this was supposed to be the one that they couldn't get over. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, in his career, has uh, gotten to checking the boxes uh, of things that a quarterback is supposed to do pretty quickly. His first year, he threw for 5,000 yards and 50 touchdowns. Check, check. He's done both of those things. Won an MVP. Check. His second year, wins a Super Bowl. Super Bowl MVP. Check, check. But he hadn't won on the road. <clears throat> and I think with the Ravens, there was even a little bit of a, um, well, did, was that the big Super Bowl for him, right, was beating Buffalo? Now everybody can get off his back because now he's won a uh, you know his first road playoff game. He did it, of course, in his first attempt, like he seems to do everything else. And so there was a little bit of wonder of, okay, you know, did, can they bring it again for another week, a second consecutive week on the road, and how good the Ravens are? So to get that win, I think it was again he, he Patrick Mahomes has got a little Michael Jordan in him in the sense that I think he is driven by whatever you know people can doubt him and his team, uh, he'll find a way to to allow that to motivate him and. You know, he continues to be just historically great. I mean, he hasn't thrown. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to not throw an interception in six consecutive playoff games, 37 touchdowns and nine interceptions overall in his 17 playoff games and his 14-3 and three, uh, in his career. I mean, all, all those things, you know, he seems to be driven by anything that he can.
0: I look at what the Chiefs did and how they – Oh, we lost him.
1: I'll give him a call We lost him.
0: Yeah, we we'll have to give him a call back. We lost him. Out, out, we'll get them back. 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. If you want to hit us up, please feel free. Go ahead and do so again, 877-867-1670. And uh, we'll get them back on on with us coming up here momentarily. But, uh, but yeah, it's um, you know what they've done down there is just nothing short of amazing for Kansas City. Four AFC championship games in five years. Going back to another Super Bowl, he's still not even at the age of thirty. Got a shot at winning what his third uh, championship ring. Uh, he's halfway home to uh, to Brady and what Brady accomplished in New England. And now, granted, he makes a ton of money. His contracts are far bigger than what Tom Brady had. Um, but that 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 tan and and then the other question then becomes: How long do you think Andy Reid's going to go? Uh, and we got Soren back on the line with us, Soren. So, uh, going over like c- the credentials of Patrick Mahomes and what he's done, but he's doing it with Andy Reid, and, and they are on this, uh, you know, Belichick Brady style of run. How much longer do you think Andy Reid continues to do this?
3: You know, I was talking to Trent Green, um, who, who does the preseason games for the Chiefs and, of course, calls games for CBS, and he still lives here in Kansas City. We talk to him every week on my show, and I said, How long do you think he said three to five years? My answer to that question would be as long as he can physically do it. You know, I actually got to do the first interview with Andy Reid when he came to Kansas city back in 2013 and it was coming off a very bad year in Philadelphia, people talking about how Andy Reid was done. And since he never won a super bowl, there were plenty of people in Philadelphia that would call us and tell us about why it wasn't going to work in Kansas city. And he was also just coming off the passing of his, of his son. And a lot of people thought, Hey, this guy's got to sit out of here. He needs to, you know, take some time and, you know, spend some time away from the game and kind of recharge his batteries. And I asked him that question and he looked me straight in the eye and said, I'm a football coach. This is what I do. Let's roll. And I think that it is what he is. It defines who he is. I think as long as he can physically, now he's had some knee surgeries and things like that, but as long as he can physically make it out to the practice field, make it to the sidelines, you know, if he can physically do it, I think Andy Reid will coach until the day that he either is no more or he just physically can't get to, to do the job.
0: As much as we give all the credit in the world for what's going on with Patrick Mahomes and company, that defense, I thought, played spectacular yesterday, specifically down the stretch when you watched them keep Lamar Jackson in the pocket and made him kind of scan the field and try to kind of bait him into some bad throws, and then eventually he did. I thought the defense was fantastic.
3: And they've been great all year. Uh, number two in, in scoring defense, you know, it was Kind of the storyline was this historically great Ravens defense and then this pretty good Chiefs defense, even though they're like less than, I think, I don't know, half a point, some point seven points uh, per game uh, more is all they allowed over the Baltimore Ravens. And, you know, I think there's, you know, I think some people start doing deeper dives when you get down to these last two teams and you have two weeks. Everybody really starts diving in there. And what they're going to find about that defense is not only did they put up those great numbers, but the offense has been shooting itself in the foot and putting the defense in a bad spot all year, whether it was Kadarius Tony. Uh, just, just from a point standpoint, just didn't affect the defense. But he had two different uh, balls that went right through his hands and that went for pick sixes. Uh, you know, they had uh, fumbles in front of their own goal. Uh, a pick six Patrick Mahomes threw against the Raiders on Christmas Day. Uh, you know, a lot of those points were really uh, set up or were actually scored, uh, not by, by the other team's offense, uh, scoring on the Chiefs defense, but scoring against the Chiefs offense. And so, yeah, I think there is like a, a reason where people might go back and look and say, okay, well, Humphreys and Hamilton were getting a lot of hype uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. But you might want to take a look at at Trent McDuffie and LeJarrius Sneed. It's the best cornerback combo in the NFL. Their their fourth corner uh, is ranked top 50 in PFF. They've got four corners ranked in the top 50 uh, in PFFs grading. I mean, their secondary is outstanding. I think it's very underrated. And they're doing it without Brian Cook, who they lost earlier in the year. And they were down to Mike Edwards. who who stepped in was a great signing they got from the Bucs this past offseason. But he went down in the game, and Deion Bush was the one who intercepted the ball, and and he's their third safety there. And so, yeah, I I think in the middle, they played without Willie Gay, who's their best coverage linebacker. Drew Tranquil was a great signing by Brett Beach and his staff on a one-year $3 million deal from the Chargers. Anybody could have had him for more than that. Nick Bolton has really grown as a pass defender and not just a, a run thumper at middle linebacker defensively, the personnel is a lot better than people think. Hopefully the Super Bowl will shine a little light on them. And, and you'll see that it's, yes, absolutely Steve Spagnuolo. He, he's been brilliant for years, probably deserves another head coaching job. Doubt he'll get it because of his age and, and, and what have you. But Chiefs fans will be thrilled for him to make a, a big check being the defensive coordinator and handle all that side of the ball in Kansas City for as long as he wants to do it
0: do you what what things does san francisco do that the kansas city chiefs do not do well when you look at this do you think that there's like uh you know some some gaps in the armor so to speak that maybe san francisco could exploit
3: uh, i think kyle shanahan has been in the wars enough i know you know we'll hear that he can't win the big one and those kind of things which you'll hear until he does finally win a championship and but, yeah, you know, he's a veteran play caller, and he's not going to panic. I mean, I think to a degree, I give all credit to the Chiefs defense. I don't like some of the narratives I'm hearing nationally. Well, the Ravens blew it, and the Ravens only handed the ball to the running back six times. And, yeah, and in those six times, it wasn't effective, and that's why they were in long down at distances, and then they had to throw, and then they had to punt. And that's what happened. That's how bad days on offense happen. You get out of your rhythm, and all of a sudden, you, you have to, you know, call plays based upon the down at distance. Like, everybody can you know, get excited about why didn't the Ravens run more? Well, you go ahead and run it on second and 12 and, and tell me how many yards you get. So, you know, it. it I, I think Kyle Shanahan, though, won't be swayed. I think he's a better, better in-play caller. He'll have what he wants to get to, and he will get to it. So I think more the Chiefs will have to beat uh, the 49ers best uh, as opposed to their second or third best. I, I think Shanahan will test the defense more. They're very talented at, at, at all levels. And, again, I think the Chiefs have answers. For everyone, I don't know that they're all, you know, zero-point answers, but they, they've they got somebody to handle every aspect of what it is. They can tackle a running back. That was what was coming into this game and with the Buffalo Bills was supposed to be a problem. And their and run defense, you know, that's where you would get them, so I think that they will try to run against the Chiefs because they're built to stop the pass. I mean, I think Steve Spagnuolo understands that modern football, you throw to win and you run when you're winning. And if you can't throw, eventually you're going to run into something like Lamar Jackson did and the Ravens. Got better throwing the football. They need to get even better. Well, I think the 49ers can come out and throw, and I think the Chiefs will try to stop it. But, um, you know, the run defense is where they can be questionable. Chris Jones wants to rush the passer more than he wants to stop the run. They like long, linear defensive linemen. A minute who says he'll be back for the Super Bowl, he's another guy that, uh, you know, they listed at 280. I don't think he's that much, but when he's in there, you're talking about a guy who's a pass rush guy first. They've tried to add Mike Pinnell to the mix uh, to give them a little more you know, they brought him in midseason uh, to give them a little more, you know, stoutness uh, uh, up the middle. But uh, you know, that's what I would expect the 49ers to do that they'll stick to the run, better give Christian McCaffrey uh, more plays. But you know, at some point you do have to throw the ball and the Chiefs are, you know, only a few sacks behind the Ravens uh, this year when it comes to their pass rush and I think their secondary is is maybe the best secondary in football, certainly the deepest group of corners uh, in football. So they'll they'll have answers for anything that the 49ers want to throw out. And then I think it'll be a question of, which is really unfortunately, or, or, you know, realistically, I guess I should say, the offensive side for the Chiefs will be the bigger question because you saw them. They, they couldn't get anything going in the second half against the Baltimore Ravens. And that's that was their problem at times this year is that the defense would be holding teams down to under 13 points. And then finally, you know, with seven of them being given up by the offense, and then finally late in the game when the offense wasn't getting anything done, the defense would just wear down. I think that was the fear for a lot of Chiefs fans yesterday, that something like that was going to occur because they just weren't getting anything going in the second half. So I think the challenge maybe Chiefs offense or the, the highlight maybe the lesser sides of the ball, the Chiefs offense against that 49ers defense and whether or not the Chiefs can do enough to at least keep their defense on the field or keep their defense off the field and rest it.
0: Uh, I want to go back to something you said real quick, and that was the fact that in that game against Buffalo, I, you know, that was their first win with Patrick Mahomes on the road. It wasn't pretty, but you take it. How big of a sigh of relief was that to go into Buffalo and get that win there when everything seemed to be set up for Buffalo?
3: Yeah, I, I, that one was it. This was the one that was, I think, a lot scarier was the Baltimore game. Buffalo, the Chiefs have lost to Buffalo two or three times in the regular season, but they've never lost to him in the playoffs. Uh, And there is kind of a known commodity. Patrick Mahomes being asked to do something he's never done before. Like I said, he pretty much checks those boxes first chance he gets at it. And so, you know, I think there was a lot of confidence from the fan base and I think from the Chiefs and, and frankly, in Buffalo's defense. uh, They they were pretty, you know, they they were banged up as well. Tredavious White uh, not in there. Matt Milano, their best coverage linebacker. They've been out for a long time. They've learned to play and to play good defense without those guys. But they even had some other guys in another corner and safety that were game-time decisions that ended up playing. You don't know how banged up they were. Not to make excuses for them. They don't need that. They're a very good team. But I think there was a lot of confidence the Buffalo going into the Buffalo game that the, the Chiefs could handle that one. They'd handled that riddle a second time around, uh, you know, every time they've, they've had to face them in the playoffs. But uh, the Ravens game, I think, was the one where there was a feeling that the number-one rushing team was going to be able to run the ball, was going to be able to wear the defense out, and, and – you know, have success and that their defense would present a lot of problems. I think the other thing that's happened for the Chiefs is, you know, they they played and there were still some elements of sloppy football, most notably Creed Humphrey, still the snap is a a mystery uh, at times to him as he rolls it back to Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, there are plays that are just thrown away because Mahomes has to spend time going down to get the ball, can't look down the field. It was a quick hitter and now the play's over. And Creed Humphrey's had a real problem snapping the ball uh, all year long in the shotgun, but, you know, the penalties they drastically cut down, um, you know, and, and offensive penalties, I know some people, there were some on defense that, you know, certainly could have been called against them. But offensive penalties had really been a problem for them. They had back-to-back holding penalties. Andre Smith were able to overcome that and at least get the field goal for the half when it looked like they could get a touchdown. But they'd just been doing that all the time, particularly at the tackle position. And they, they, they cleaned that up, and they cleaned up a lot of the turnovers. Patrick Holmes uh, was lauded by Andy Reid the, in the postgame comments that, he was really proud of Patrick for, you know, taking the sacks, and, and, you know, late in the fourth quarter instead of trying to wedge the ball in there. They knew that they had the defense to get it done. And Patrick Mahomes is processing every part of what's going on in the game all the time, it seems, and sees every part of the field. And he makes right decisions, including eating it and taking the sack. And so, you know, I, I think that the question moving forward will be whether or not they, you know, play sloppy. They Since the Bengals game, they kind of simplified some things and they seem to be playing cleaner football particularly on offense and i think that's been uh, the biggest turnaround for them coming down the stretch
0: soren when are we going to see you guys on radio row what day what day are you guys getting out there
3: well i'm sure you know i was scheduled to be out there tuesday to friday because i'm the, the guy that usually goes when we don't have a team there i don't know why we didn't use booking and plan on it but uh, we will have guys <laughs> that are there all week I'll, I'll get in there tuesday night i'll be there tuesday to friday and and then back in kansas city to watch the game with family and friends
0: well, we'll see you guys out there. Uh, we get out there uh, on Saturday, this week, Saturday. So we'll be there on Saturday to open things up, and then we'll see you when you get there, okay?
3: Very good. Looking forward to it. Thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate it, pal. Talk to you soon. There you go. That's Soren Petro. He is with uh, Sports Radio 810 down in KC and uh, bringing us the Kansas City side of things for sure. We'll talk with some San Francisco guys, I'm sure, if not throughout the week, uh, then getting into next week when it comes to Radio Row and our coverage out there getting ready for Super Bowl 58. But good stuff from him, and thanks to him for joining us for a couple of minutes. Uh, and like he said, he just walked out of Andy Reid's presser. So uh, very, very busy day as they prepare yet again for another trip to the Super Bowl. Our friends at Buzzard Billy's, boy, I tell you what, uh, I have I have bragged on the Wisconsin beer cheese soup. I bragged on it. I love that stuff, and it's fantastic. They also have really good cheese curds. They're fish fries, fish fry. I mean, come on. It's Buzzard Billy's. But cheese curds are excellent. That, chicken, that buffalo chicken sandwich they have is beyond good. Just great things out there at Buzzard Billy's upstairs. I've always loved the uh, the Snickers, which is the Snickers martini they have at the Starlight Lounge. They have beers and such, too. You just go in there and enjoy yourself. But if you want a martini and a craft martini, oh, they got such good ones. Right there on Pearl Street in La Crosse, Buzzer Billy's opening up back in September of 97. It was formerly an 1860s brick hotel. Beautiful place. Buzzard Billy, Starlight Lounge, same building, one above the other. It's a great place to go, whether it's food, cocktails, great night out, all in one location, downtown lacrosse. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.
3: Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
0: Come back. Good to have you. <clears throat> Excuse me. So Michael show continuing on. Hey, a uh, terrific place. Uh, I was over the weekend. Uh, we were uh, on Friday night. We were downtown. And I had a guy, uh, we were over at San Giorgio, actually, on Friday night, and not called her on we were at San Giorgio on Friday night. And then uh, a guy came up and started talking to me. He just said, hey, uh, you know, are you Bill Michaels? Yes, I am. And he said, hey, I wanted to say thanks. I never knew Northern Lights event venue was there. And he just called it Northern Lights, but I never knew Northern Lights was there. His, he was looking for a place for his daughter's rehearsal dinner. And they had about 60 people for this dinner and friends and family and stuff that were all gathering for this thing. And uh, he said, oh, my God, what a great place. He said, thanks for the heads up. I never knew. I just wanted to come over. Didn't want to bother you during dinner. But, well, you know, thanks thanks for the heads up. And that's what I'm talking about. Nobody knows it's there. It's kind of a hidden gem, to be honest with you. Northern Lights event venue. It's right on the Milwaukee Riverwalk. It's a beautiful place right down. If you're familiar with, say, that Third Ward area, that Walker's Point area. I mean, you can get into those little, little, little you know, outward suburbs of the immediate downtown area uh but it's right there next to the screaming tuna and if you haven't ever seen it you got to go take a look at it if you whether you have a dinner a wedding a photo shoot a business event coming up you name it they've got like and he was impressed because they have the on-site photo studio right there so if they wanted to take like engagement pictures or rehearsal dinner pictures they had all that stuff right there again go to northern lights event Venue.com. that's northern lights event Venue.com. and uh, thanks to you know, whenever i get a chance to hear something good about one of our sponsors man i I ain't even bad for that matter i'll take it because it only makes all of us better we got uh, another hour yet to go we're about a half an hour away mike clemens is going to join us we'll talk with him about the end of this Packers season the hunt for another defensive coordinator we'll do the either or with uh, grand bills coming up we got a lot to get to don't go anywhere more of the bill michael show next